0: How are you, Dick? Doing well, boys. How are we today?
1: Very well, thank you. Uh, now, in fact, we'll go, go to the most recent news, just to ESPN on in our studio here, and we see that the new college football playoff rules have been, or, or how the playoff is going to work, uh, has been announced over there. So this 12-team playoff to come in next season, tell us about it. How's it going to work?
0: So originally, um, you had a situation where you had five power conferences, and then the they wanted an opportunity for one of the smaller conferences to get an automatic bid. So they were going to have six automatic bids and six at-large teams. So a you know a panel, a committee would choose uh, which six at-large teams would fill out the 12-team playoff. But the Pac-12 has basically collapsed in front of our eyes over the last six months. We've talked about that a little bit uh, on the air. So so power teams like my Washington Huskies, Oregon, UCLA, USC are all going to the Big Ten. Stanford and Cal are going to the Atlantic Coast Conference. You've got the four corner schools, uh, Utah and Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State going to the Big 12. So that leaves only two teams in the Pac-12. Well, you can't give an automatic bid to a playoff to a conference that has two teams. So what they have done now is they've said now the the Power Five has become a Power Four. So the four major conferences will get their conference champion automatically into the tournament. And then they will have a, a small conference be the the fifth bid and now you'll have seven at large so they've gone from six automatics six at larges to five automatics and seven at larges so it's amazing that we've had a change before we've even had one of these college football playoffs all right let's get to the all-star game that
1: was the greatest <laughs> joke fast and everything in between i tried to watch it for about four minutes the other day dick uh, what is the point just get rid of it seriously
0: It was, it was amazing guys. I, I recorded it. Uh, I was out uh, actually playing golf in the afternoon and early evening. And so I, I recorded both the golf and the, and the all-star game. So I watched the end of the golf and I said, you know, let's sit down and watch the all-star game with my son. He was excited to watch it. And like you, I don't even know if we got through four minutes. Uh, We just was like, this was this, the deterioration of the all-star game has been fast and furious over the last five to 10 years. Now, It's always been really for 20 years or so where a good majority of the game is played at about three quarters speed and then they really amp it up in the last three or four minutes of the game and they really try to play to win. And so after watching Four or five minutes, I said, all right, let's just fast forward to the end. This is good. This will definitely get better in the last five minutes of the game because they're playing to win. Well, we got fast forward to the last five minutes of the game, and they were playing just as slowly. Heck, Luka Doncic was walking <laughs> up and down the court. He wasn't even trying to run. He wasn't even trying to jog. He was walking up and down the court. And you're right. Something has to has to happen. There's a lot of creative ideas. I don't think we need to get rid of All-Star Weekend altogether because – there were some cool moments in All Star Weekend. I thought Steph against Sabrina in the three point shootout was fabulous, and I think you can build upon that and do more WNBA versus NBA type skills and shooting competitions. So I think that sold to the fans. Um, the the slam dunk competition probably died about five to ten years ago. I don't think it really needs to be uh, resurrected. But there's other things you can do. And, and I think a corp- incorporating the WNBA with the NBA in All-Star Weekend more with the popularity of women's basketball here in the United States growing great, rapidly great. over the last three to five years, I think that, uh, that will help sell. But believe it or not, the ratings were actually up 5% from last year. I don't know how, but they were. <laughs> Is it just the players that
2: don't really want to compete in it, Dick, or are the clubs – or the franchise is putting sort of pressure on the players to not go out there and sort of give it their all in case of injury.
0: I think the players just want to show up and have a vacation. Uh, and and I think they're going out late at night. It's, so, it's, it's, it's a break in a long, tedious NBA schedule. And we've talked about this for years and years, how I think that the NBA schedule is far too long. It's far too grueling. If you want these guys really competing, you've got to shorten it up. But the problem is you shorten up games you limit revenue, you limit TV revenue, you limit, you limit uh, attendance revenue that, that the owners would get, and so they don't want that. I think these these guys just see it as a vacation, and there's not enough incentive to win the game and play hard. So you need to provide some sort of incentive to play hard. I mean, whether it's a monetary incentive or what have you, that has to happen because the incentive has completely obviously been, been lost. Whatever incentive they have, it's not big enough to get these guys to play hard, which is unfortunate. I see the Brooklyn Nets are looking for a new coach. Yeah, they have an interim head coach now. I think Kevin Ollie got the got the job there, and uh, you know that the Nets, the Nets have probably been as disappointing a franchise as any over the last five years, guys. Just because they've actually tried to go for it, they've been one of the few teams that have tried to go for it and really haven't don't have anything to show for their investment and maybe they went about it the wrong way collected the wrong type of talent but uh they've been a they've been a big time disappointment in the nba i mean i, I think philadelphia is probably a close second but at least philadelphia has advanced a little further in the playoffs more consistently than brooklyn has yeah.
1: when your highest played player is ben simmons and he's averaging 6.8 points a game that's <laughs> <his laughs> on 38 millions yeah. his salary unbelievable. It's
2: it's unbelievable. Some, unbelievable. He, that's why he got sacked because he Moulded the game plan around Simmons. Oh, yeah. And it didn't work. Well, it's not That's working. a risk, isn't
1: it? <laughs> Big risk. <Yeah>. Big risk. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so NFL, we've got a lot of texts here uh, in regards to the offseason. Uh, hi, Dick. I'm hearing Justin Fields to the Steelers. What's the mail with the Bears? Uh, Sven at Greenpoint. Uh, and a lot of people here texting in about what the Bears are going to do with the number one draft pick. Uh, we got several of them, in fact. So it's the big talking point, isn't it, heading towards the draft is what Chicago will do. Surely there's only
0: one answer, though, here, Dick. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields, I don't know if he'll go to Pittsburgh. It sounds like, there was a report out of Pittsburgh yesterday, it sounds like they want to stay in-house with a quarterback that they have or potentially draft another quarterback. I would think that Justin Fields has reasonable trade value. Uh, By reasonable, I mean maybe a second-round pick. Maybe you're able to swap first-round picks where you can move up. Um, Chicago's got a lot of ammunition, and there's a lot of ways they can go about uh, using that ammunition. I really think Chicago's a team on the rise. I'm not out completely on Justin Fields yet. I think he's been put in a bad situation. Um, when we talk about quarterbacks that get slid into very good situations and how they can prosper over their first few years and you got quarterbacks that are put into bad offensive situations. I think Justin Fields is one of those. I want to see Justin Fields go to a team with a, a big time offensive head coach that knows how to develop quarterbacks because he is a phenomenal athlete. He is a top five running quarterback of all time he has a year with 1100 rushing yards I mean that is excellent for a running back let alone a quarterback he's not at the level of Mar Jackson he's not at the level of Michael Vick but he's at that next level and so that I think can play someplace you just have to find the right fit for him can,
2: you know with quarterbacks Dick, can you have two quarterbacks on your roster completely different style so you can you can you carry up like a passing quarterback and then have that running quarterback and throw interchange them sort of during games? Or is that? Just yeah, we upon? we
0: saw that. I think the best example of that over the last few years was what the Saints did with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, uh, whereas Drew Brees played, you know, 80 to 85 percent of the snaps. And anytime you got into a a third and one, a fourth and one, a fourth and goal situation, they'd bring in Taysom Hill, who was much bigger and stronger. And that running type quarterback, not he wasn't elusive and and fast like Justin Fields, but he's just a big bruiser. And they'd get him in in a a power situation or a or a shotgun where he'd just take the snap and he'd just run straight up the middle. and, And it was very effective for New Orleans. So I think it can be used in certain situations.
1: Over in the AFC West, well, obviously Kansas City reigns supreme, and you've got the Chargers, who now have Jim Harbaugh. What about the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, I see Q quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been given a ban as well. But what does his future look like there at the Raiders?
0: Yeah, I don't think his future's there at all with the Raiders. And the question is, who wants to pick up Jimmy Garoppolo now, with being uh, being suspended for the first couple of games? I I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, era. As a starting quarterback is probably over. Um, he got away from Kyle Shanahan at San Francisco where he was successful. He went to a place and we saw kind of the real Jimmy Garoppolo and what he looks like without Kyle Shanahan. It doesn't look at, at all, uh, what it looks like in San Francisco. I mean, that's kind of one of my hesitations with Brock Purdy. I'm like, I think Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo, but. Would Brock Purdy look similar to Jimmy Garoppolo if he went to the Las Vegas Raiders instead of staying with Shanahan? But I think Garoppolo at this point is probably a backup or a guy fighting for a starting quarterback with somebody else. I don't know why any team would just say, hey, we're bringing you in, Jimmy. We're paying you $30-plus million a year and making you our starter. I just don't think, uh, I don't think that's a smart move.
1: And what about your home team there at the Seahawks in Seattle in the NFC West? Is Geno Smith still QB1
0: heading towards next season? He's still QB1 for the moment. Um, He secured a $12 million guarantee by staying on the roster um, for five days after the end of the season when the new calendar year starts for the NFL. So they, they will pay him at least half of what he's owed. Now, the other half... He needs to be on the roster. I believe it's March 5th is the, is the date that he gets paid basically the other half of his salary. So if something's going to be done with Geno Smith, uh, a trade, a release, uh, it would happen in the next three weeks. I would still bet that Geno Smith is the starting quarterback, but I'm not as certain of it now as I was had Pete Carroll stayed. I think Pete Carroll is very, was very secure with Geno Smith. I think you have a completely new regime in Seattle now, complete a new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new defensive coordinator. So when things like that happen, you know that in all sports, right? When you have a completely new regime come in, then the the incumbents have got to be looking over their shoulder a little bit more than they were before.
2: Just on that, then, Dick, you, you spoke about Pete Carroll, and um, a, a guy like Bill Belichick has had great success at uh, the Patriots. Were, were those two guys,
0: can you see them being head coaches again? Boy, it would have to be it would have to be the uh, the the right fit for both and I think both would want a lot of say in the personnel. They would not want to just be the head coach and answer to a general manager because they have both basically been general managers before. I mean, Pete was the last word in Seattle, both on the field and off the field. Bill Belichick was the last word. Bill Belichick got final say on everything in New England. Pete Carroll got final say on everything in Seattle. Is a team willing to give all of that power to two guys in their seventies, as great as they have been? I don't. I don't know the answer to that question. Pete's gonna. Pete and Bill are both going to uh, be kind of uh, advisors to my Washington Huskies because uh, the Washington hired Pete's son and Bill's son to run the offense and defense on this uh, on this football team. How about that?
1: <laughs> That's going to go down well. Who yeah. gets <laughs> <laughs> final say there? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Scissors, paper, rock. Dear me.
1: Now, in the Genesis, in the golf the other day, what about, if you shoot 62 in a final round, nine under, you probably deserve to win the title. And Hideki Matsuyama, absolutely superb there the
0: other day, Dick. No question about it, and you, you talk about these long shots winning all these uh, all these tournaments. It, it, it was a hundred to one or greater winning every single tournament up to this point, but Hideki, from where he came from. You could have gotten him at plus one hundred to one odds as well because he was so far behind and on Sunday. So I guess technically uh, the the streak ended, but uh, you still could have gotten one hundred to one or, or one hundred and twenty five to one had you bet Hideki early on Sunday. So a tremendous performance by Hideki, and when he gets the putter going, guys, he is as good as any player in the world. I mean, he's a Masters champ for goodness sakes, and there are certain courses. That he just fits. He fits this one. He obviously fits Augusta, but you never really know when the putter's going to come for Hideki. It really only comes about once every, you know, ten tournaments or so. And the same thing goes for Scotty Scheffler. Very similar player, elite ball striker. He gets on the greens and really struggles with any putts, really of any length at all. And Hideki had that putter going. And uh, when he does, he he is as good as anybody in the world. Now, about fifteen to 20,000 Australians
1: are set to converge on Las Vegas in the next week or so, with <laughs> oh, our boy. great mate Laurie Daly being one of them. Uh, <laughs> is there any blip on the radar there in the States as far as any sort of awareness that the NRL's in town?
0: Yeah, I have seen uh, Fox promos uh, okay. about it on Big Fox, So uh, that and, and I think I would imagine those will ramp up over the next uh, week to 10 days, but I will keep an eye on This, this would probably be the week where I, I'm going to see. I watch a lot of Fox sports, so this will be uh, the, the week when they start it, to ramp it up, so I'll probably have a better idea about that for you when, uh, when we talk next week. What
2: do you think most Americans, Americans if they see it, will think of it, Dick?
0: Well, I can't I can just imagine that they'll think uh, similarly to what I thought. I I, I just was I was astounded and impressed by the level of physicality that these guys play with that just the the reckless abandon. And, you know, we some of that has been missing from the NFL uh, since the, you know, the CTE incidents and and, you know, trying to make the NFL game Uh, safer, which they have done. And they've, the NFL is just as popular as ever more popular than ever, but it's a different game than it was. And I think NRL is much more like the NFL, like 40 years ago, 50 years ago, where it was just, you're just, decapitating people. I mean, and there's still just this reckless abandon that these guys play with, and they're tremendous athletes. And uh, that's why I like watching it, because I really don't think there's anything in the States that approximates uh, approximates that level of physicality anymore with the changes in the NFL. Thanks again, Mike. We'll chat next week. All right, boys, we'll see you.